The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Simsisms. Popcorn gone on. Oh, man. He looks like he's got a popcorn, a popcorn, you know, arm for 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 an for an arm, a popcorn gun arm. At the risk of pointing out the egg all over your head, it's pop gun. Pop gun, that's what it is. <laughs> okay, thank you. Simsisms. I can always tell by your face that I've said something stupid. Welcome in to PFT Live. It's a yeah. Thursday edition Woo. of the program. Friday for Chris. I don't know that you can get through a three-day work week. We'll try to go Barely. easy today. Although, yesterday, we had filler. Today, yeah. we are chock full of news, of meaty topics yep. into which we can sink our fangs and have some discussions. And we're going to do it here on Peacock, NBCSN, Sirius XM 211. Our friends who are watching the program in the UK and Ireland on Sky Sports. We're on at 10 p.m. local time this week, so extra swearing for you folks, just kidding. Uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris uh, uh, do, you, do you like the three-day work week or are you feeling complete knowing oh. that you're done after today? No, no, it's, it's phenomenal. This is uh, this might be, this has sparked new ideas in my brain about maybe what I need to do in my next contract or something like that. <laughs> less, less Chris Sims. Less Chris I, Sims, uh, and I want to be paid more, NBC, okay? That's what yeah. I'm looking for. I'd like to work less and be paid more. Isn't that what we're all looking for? <laughs> less work more pay absolutely the reality though in most situations you yeah. end up with more work negative the same pay right that's just kind of the way it goes uh here's the way it goes we're gonna talk about the things happening in the nfl and uh, let's let's get right to it because yeah. there's a key date coming up next week for the green bay packers mandatory minicamp not voluntary all this talk about otas and who's going to show up and who's not going to show up that takes a back seat because now thou shalt attend. And if you don't, if you skip the mandatory minicamp, you're looking at $93,000 in fines. Plus, you can be called out. You can be chastised publicly sure. by your coaches right. if you skip 
the mandatory minicamp. So, Chris, the biggest name when it comes to who will or won't be at mandatory minicamp this year, oh, Aaron Rodgers. And yesterday, Coach Matt LaFleur talking about the possibility or not that Rodgers will be at next week's mandatory minicamp. Here's LaFleur. How important is it for you to have Aaron Rodgers out there practicing with the team next week? Oh, I think it's, like I said, it's important that we have all our guys. And certainly, uh, you know, we'd love them to be here. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see them Tuesday. Yeah. Not a whole lot of conviction. Nah, no. I mean, come on. Right. You know, he could he could say all he wants. Yeah, it, it is important for all the guys to be there. They want Aaron Rodgers to be there. Of course, he's the leader of the team. As he's said many a times, he's kind of the blood, you know, he's, he's the soul, the heart and soul of the team. And then I think also, too, Mike, that, you know, things that maybe the public doesn't realize why you love a guy like Aaron Rodgers at practice, it usually raises the level of practice. That's why it's a great thing to have that guy there. Because everybody is like, oh, wait, Rodgers is here. We got to get on our game. The receivers, the linemen, they know that, you know, yeah, the coach might yell at me, but Rodgers might get pissed at me, too. I got to do that. And, you know, with Jordan Love and everything, he might not be at the place where Aaron Rodgers is as far as certain plays, checks, the totality of the offense to where they might not be able to really practice what they want to do. So just from an X's and O's football standpoint, you do want the guy like Aaron Rodgers to be there for, for those factors. And to the point that you made back when this all got started, he should want to be at everything in the yeah. offseason because it slams the door on the ability of Jordan Love right. to develop to the point where the Packers may say, we're good to go. We're good to go. We were right when we traded up to get Jordan Love in the 2020 draft. We're comfortable with him. He's developed. And I remember when, and this wasn't that long ago, and at the same time, it was a long time ago. In 2016, when one of the breathless talking points from those of us in the media, was the fact that Marcus Mariota, then a rookie with the Titans, had thrown no interceptions right. in training camp right. practice. Right. He's got no interceptions. Aaron Rodgers came out and said, I want to throw interceptions in training camp practices because I'm figuring out the limits yeah. of the extent to which I can trust the receiver to go catch the ball based upon where I put it relative to where the defender is. Exactly. I want those things to happen in training camp. So if he's not there for OTAs, if he's not there for mandatory minicamp, it puts more pressure on developing that sense of who he can Agreed. trust. He's got he's got a rookie in Amari Rodgers that right. he's he, he needs to get comfortable with. Who you can trust, when you can trust them, where you can throw it, and how it's going to work when it's time to play in the games that count. So that's an important part of being there for the mandatory no doubt. camp as well. No doubt. That's like timing and rhythm and all those things you talk about, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. Hey, getting a feel for how my arm feels this year, you know, now that I'm a year older. What are the throws that I still can get away with? Let me just make sure I can still do this, get away with that, whatever it may be. All right, so here we are. It's less than a week. What What do you think? You think he's going to be there? Or you say no. I don't think he'll be there. No, you I don't, don't think he'll be there. Yeah, I don't no. expect him to be either. I, I don't. I I think it's just by the fact that he was in Hawaii last week. He you know he talked to Kenny Mayne about the cleanse he was doing. Like I would think he's actually probably just starting to really train and get ready for the season right now. And I don't know if he'll be there either. I I I I I, I guess I'm I'm saying no either. I agree, and I don't think they're going to find him with this. Uh, and that's still a thing, right? You don't automatically why, why get fined. They? Why wouldn't they? No. Well, you 
Because yeah, I don't think they're going to want to piss them off anymore. I don't think they want to cause any more issues. I don't think that's possible. Well, you're you're right. You're right. <laughs> they might be at the limit. You're right. <laughs> um, and, and and to borrow a phrase from Randy Moss, what's ninety three thousand dollars to Aaron Rodgers? No, it's nothing. Right. Right. And and he's already given up five hundred thousand. Right. By not showing up for at least eighty five percent of the offseason program, he's sacrificed five hundred grand that he otherwise would have earned so what if he has to write a check for 93 grand and that's just the 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 very small tip of the iceberg when it comes to the financial losses he's looking at if he would go through with any plan to not show up at all in 2021 i broke down the numbers yeah, what's yesterday the, what is if it? he yeah if he if he holds out right if he holds out a training camp and doesn't show up at all this year the total financial cost is more than $35 million. If he retires just before start of training camp, it's about $33 million. So what's $2 million to him? It's still a lot of money for him to have the privilege of not playing this year. And Chris, it dawned on me yesterday. I was doing a, a spot with Paul Allen on KFAN, and we were talking about some of the recent reporting of the Aaron Rodgers situation. And uh, it, it, it just the, the light bulb flickered. If you're the Green Bay Packers, and you're looking at the possibility of trading Aaron Rodgers right now. Yeah. You arguably, and, and we've said in the past, you're never going to get more for Aaron Rodgers than you're going to get coming off of the 2020 season when he was the NFL MVP. But that would have been true in March when you could have gotten maximum teams to the table. Right. Right now, you got the Broncos. Yeah. Maybe the Raiders. Possibly the Dolphins, if they could convince Aaron Rodgers to go to Florida. He right. wants to get closer and closer to the West Coast. If you're the Packers, and assuming that you would trade him now, you're going to get 2022 draft picks or later. Yeah. Well, if you trade him in March of 2022, that's what you're getting. You're getting the same picks. You may get more picks in March when you can get seven eight, no doubt. nine teams yeah. to get involved in the bidding. Right. So we get more in trade for him if we wait. And then in the interim, he either plays for us another season or we get back $33 million. We get $14.7 million in salary relief that we don't have to pay him, $11.5 million in signing bonus money, $6.8 million roster bonus that has been earned but not paid out yet. I was told recently that those checks are going to come every week. So it's easy to recapture that as well. They don't have to chase them around for right, it. Right, right. It's a lot of money that they could use now or next year to buy players. And they're going to get more in trade. The only thing they would sacrifice is the ability to get players who could come in this year. If you're going to trade them for picks and players. Yeah, sure, right. You're not getting the players right. this year. But if I'm the Packers, this is a no-brainer at this yeah, point. it is. Aaron, look, we're not trading you this year. We'll, we'll consider it in March, but we're not doing it now. And we'll see if you show up. And if you do, great. And if you don't, we'll make do. And we'll, we'll realize a significant pile of cash at a time when the cap is down. And we can use that money now or in the future to make the team better elsewhere. I agreed with everything you said there. No doubt about it. I mean, you're, you're right. They're going to maximize more. You know, that, that's why we questioned Rodgers in the, the first place. Why wasn't this made more public if he really wanted to be traded early on in the offseason to put the pressure and get it going? But, yes, I agree. Green Bay has no reason to do anything right now. They can kind of just sit back. Yes, it, it's all on Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's the guy that's got to make the next move. And $35 million, I don't give a damn if you got, you know, you're a billionaire or you got $200 million in the bank. That's a lot to just say I'm going to walk away from that this year. 
That's 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 I I mean even for people as much money as Rodgers or Brady or the other top quarterbacks, man, that's a tough one to walk away from. And you know, and I, how many years do you have left? How many years do you have left? You're going to give up one of your remaining years. You got four years. That's left. where I'm You're going. Twenty five percent of it. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I, that's exactly it. And that's where I was going to go with this. So I don't think he'll be at minicamp. He'll be at training camp. I'm going to be interested to see if they really find him because stars in my history in the league and knowing it usually don't get fined. And they might not want to add fuel to the fire here, but uh, that'll be interesting nonetheless. But but I think your point there, what you just said, is the real thing. The, the clock is ticking. Rodgers is special. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but not everybody thinks that in a lot of ways. I don't think the public thinks that. And to me, like you're saying too here, limited amount of years, we've talked about this. The team's good right now. They could go to a Super Bowl again. We know we like to have the, we we like him to have a little more firepower. All right, but the other thing with Rodgers, and we know how hyper aware he is, is the legacy thing and all of that. The other thing I always come back to is like Rodgers. Part of his like the Super Bowl thing's over for Rodgers. Yeah, maybe he can get one or two more. Right, he ain't gonna catch Brady. He's not catching Terry Bradshaw or Montana at this point. I don't think. I mean, we'll see. Uh, one more, I think, would be great for him. But either way, part of his legacy is going to be his stats. That's going to be it. I mean, when you look at Aaron Rodgers' stats, they, they blow you out of the water. Like we've talked about a few weeks ago, the 400 touchdown passes, less than 100 interceptions, you know, quickest to 40,000 yards, quickest to 300 touchdowns. He's going to be the quickest to all these numbers as we keep going. And just think about what he did last year. It was half a 100 touchdown passes and five interceptions, you know, He's, he's the last three years, it's 100 touchdown passes or 99, something like that, and like 10 or 9 interceptions. I didn't do the math, but it's somewhere like that. So to me, that's part of his legacy too, and I think he's got to be aware of that to like, yeah, you're missing a great year of your career, you could win a Super Bowl, and then you know some of the things you said and that part of it right there, that's where I just think Rodgers will be back playing football. Over under his status on the all time passing yardage list ten point five over or under? Uh, ooh, I think he's under right now. Yes, he's under. He's over. Is he he's over. over? He's at number eleven. Okay, he is two hundred and thirty yards away from John Elway to crack into the top ten. Okay, and the others ahead of him, three of them are active. Matt Ryan with fifty five, right? Seven sixty seven. Rogers has fifty one, two forty five. Ben Roethlisberger's at sixty thousand and change, and. And Tom Brady, obviously, at 79,000. He'll catch Drew Brees, possibly yeah. week four Sunday night on on uh, NBC. And, you know, it's amazing. Rodgers became the starter in 2008. Matt Ryan became a starter in 2008. Yeah. Matt Ryan's got 4,500 more passing yards than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, it, it is. I mean, you look at a base level, but I would also say, like, the last few years and things like that, you know, of course, hey, first off, Matt Ryan's had more talent on the offensive side of the ball around him his whole career. That that's undeniable. I mean, so that that's conversations over. And then the other part is, yeah, they I mean, especially the last few years and, and there's some other years too where you know, they're not as good. They're down. So he gets to throw a ton and gets to get a lot of yards that way as well. But hey, Matt Ryan, yeah, he's put up a lot of damn stats. It's a lot better than I think people want to give him credit for for sure. But the touchdown passes, the interceptions, Rodgers has a chance there still. He does. Yes. You know, so that's where he's seventh, I think Pete just said in my ear, in all-time touchdown yep. passes. 412. Right. He's ahead of Roethlisberger. He's ahead of Ryan. 
The only one he's trailing is Tom Brady with 581, but he is eight Ooh. away from Dan Marino, nine away from Phillip Rivers, and right. there's a gap of nearly 90 to catch Brett Favre. Ooh, yeah, that's so he's got a lot. He's got a lot of work there, and that I mean, again, if you want to get up there to the Brady. Peyton Manning, Drew Brees territory and all these stats, you, you can't take a year off. I mean, that, that, that ends that. And to me, I, I just feel like the guy's too aware of all of these things and where he is in the pantheon of all-time great quarterbacks and everything like that. The Super Bowl thing's not going to be there. So the stats are important too. And I just I can't imagine Rodgers walking away for a year just to prove a point here. Assuming 40 a year, and that's that's yeah, that's ambitious. a lot. That's, that's a ambitious, lot. Right. He needs four years to catch Drew Brees. There you go. Four years right. and 40 a year to catch Drew oh. Brees. And the one name I mentioned is the most important, Brett Favre at 508. No doubt about you it. You know there is no way he is walking away from football until he gets to 509. I, I would think no so. Way. I would think he knows all these numbers. I mean, he just he, – he does. He, you know, he, it slips out every now and then when you hear an interview, too. He's very aware of, like – my my stats, this guy's stats. What's the, what's the history of football? He really knows that type of stuff. And then you know the last thing, Mike, too, that we've hit on many times, but I do think it's a real fact and like something that's you know tangible is he has no issue with the coaches or the players like we've talked about. So when you come back to that, you you can block the Gutenkus and everybody else out of your life uh, when it comes to football and the front office people to where. It won't affect you on a day-to-day basis because you don't have to see them or deal with them as much. As long as they stay away from the practice field, <laughs> as we've said, if you go near, if you go near the white line, yeah. Brian Gutekunst, two cups, stand behind Rogers, stand behind Pfizer, <laughs> shoulder pads, flak jacket, <laughs> bodyguard, be ready to go. Right, be ready to go. Um, yeah. So, and and this all feeds into why the Packers are doing what they're doing. They're calling his bluff. If it is a bluff, if it's a bluff, we call. If it's not a bluff, we'll live. Yes. What, what, what's that's their what they're saying. Choice? Right. If he's not going to show up, fine, fine. We'll, we'll we'll go forward with Jordan Love, and we'll deal with it after the season. So, you know, what we had suggested last week and. And I know the Packers are aware of the possibility of him retiring for a year and then coming back next year when they will have moved on. I I think they'll move on if he doesn't it doesn't matter what happens this year. If Jordan Love's good enough, he's the guy next year. If not, they'll find somebody else. I don't think they're gonna pin their hopes to Aaron Rodgers if he sits out all of the twenty twenty one season. But I don't think he will. And and maybe he holds out some of the training camp just to send a message. I don't know. But the message is sent. We know. We're aware. Aaron, that you're upset with the front office. We get it. It's about the people. We understand. I don't know what further message he can send that would convince anyone of his position without undermining his ability to get his 40 touchdowns this year, Chris. Yeah, no, I, that, that's exactly right. I, I mean, he, he's kind of stuck now at this point, this part of the year, and I think you explained it right with, with the Packers and their situation as well. You know, I, I mean, I, I I feel like the writing's on the wall here with the fact that they haven't budged and everything like that. I mean, a lot of that says it's Rodgers just playing to see if he can get another year in Green Bay. Anyways, they don't they don't seem like, yeah, like they're batting an eye at like, oh, man, we might have to go with Jordan Love in 2022 and go, you know, go from there. Uh, I think those are the kind of the messages they've sent to Rodgers, probably why it's pissed him off. He hasn't got enough of that, you know, uh uh, yeah, what, what am I trying to say? Commitment from them right. to, to, to feel good. Right or wrong, accurate or inaccurate, he thinks that 
He threw a wrench in their plan last year by being the MVP. The plan, therefore, being to flip the switch from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love in 2021. He believes that. I know. doesn't matter whether it's true. Right. He believes it. And that that's one of the reasons. And so, you know what, Chris? Now that we've talked this through, and we both believe this is going to end up with Aaron Rodgers showing up for training camp, why not just go to the mandatory minicamp? Why not? No, I know. What's I mean, the harm in going? There is none. You're right. Go. Practice. Play. Unless you I, want to torture Brian Gutekunst. That's what, that's what I think July. he'll do. Exactly right. That's what, I think, that's, all, that's what I think it's about. It's just like one more, you know, screw you, jab to the head and be like, I, you know, I'm just not coming. I don't feel it right now. I don't want to answer the questions. You guys answer more of the questions. I, I, I think that's what it's about. You're right. Everything else, you just go, yeah, go. Get better. Take away the reps from Jordan Love like we've talked about. Your team's good. Let's start getting going. Uh, but no, I think he's a you know a stubborn sob, and I say that politely in a in a endearing way in a lot of ways uh, that he won't do that. Here's the key though: when you don't show up for something that is mandatory, yeah, you commit an overt act that will give the fan base reason to freak sure, out, sure, and the people who cover the team reason to fuel mm. that fire. Mm. So while you torture Brian Gutekunst for another six weeks. You're also torturing the fan base for another six weeks. So that's the other side of this. To the point he's trying to win the crowd, and I think we agree that that whole people, persons, paper people routine from last week was right. about winning the crowd. Not showing up for mandatory minicamp, that, that's going to be a tough one to explain when I know. the time comes that's... to to get the fans on your side because they're going to spend six weeks pissed off that you weren't there for mandatory minicamp. And yeah. if you slip up at all this year, ah, if you had to come to mandatory minicamp, that's you'd be better prepared for the season. Uh, I, it's, it's, that's where it's, 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 it's a weird topic. Yeah. I, I, I mean, when you say it that way too, it makes me think, well, yeah, gosh, he's shown a lot of times in history that he is hyper aware of that type of stuff too. And that he'll be there. So, I, I mean, I have no idea. I ha I would think that Matt LaFleur has no idea at this point either. And, They'll get a feel, I would say, this weekend, whether Rodgers is coming into town. Saturday, Friday, Matt LaFleur might hear from Rodgers then to go, you know, what do you think? I'm going to come into town or I might miss, whatever. But I think your point there is very real. Public pressure, Rodgers is aware of that. And when you say that, it makes me think, yeah, maybe there is a little bit more of a chance that he does show up. And, and let's remember this because it's now been several years. The 60 Minutes profile that was done of Aaron Rodgers included comments from teammates and a general vibe that Aaron Rodgers is very sensitive. Yeah, right. And he bristled at that, and 60 Minutes issued a statement in response to his complaint that was essentially, see, he's proven our <laughs> you point. Prove, right, he's right. so sensitive, he's sensitive about being called sensitive. Right. So th this, is, this is the whole human being that is making this decision. And we have to consider that he does not like to be criticized. He does not like to be called out. He does not want the cheese heads to, to, to think ill of him. Yeah. And maybe he, maybe he will be there. Next I know that's, that's a, it's fascinating. It's going to be a fascinating Aaron Rodgers psychological experiment next Tuesday. Well, we're going to get to well, deep, dive deeper into his brain and see where he's at with that. And, and either he shows up or he doesn't, but either way, we'll have plenty to discuss. Definitely. We'll either be talking about the reaction to him not showing up or, Whatever he says when he rolls into camp and oh, 
his attitude is, "What's the big deal? Yeah. Why the media made a big deal of this? Why you? This is all fake news. You're all. This is all your fault, not my fault. I can't wait for that. one. Oh, me I, too. I wouldn't bet against it happening. Please, Aaron um, Rodgers, say don't look at Mike Florio's crap and say that. Give us yeah, a give great us, headline. Hey, <laughs> we, we, we've been using that clip for five Boy, years now. Boom! There it is. Come on, get out of here. Reading crap like that. <laughs> that is so good how he good delivered morning, it. Too. It was so good. He, he and when you watch all of it, yeah, he really didn't want to do it. Right. You could see, you could see, you could see it the there. dilemma playing out. You can almost, if you if you look just right, you can see the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. And trust me, Aaron, I'm there every single day, and the devil. <laughs> The devil wins yeah, like his Mike share of battles. Hopefully, he hasn't won the war yet. There it is. We need to. Like we, we need. We need to there do was the a little Rogers, grin, devil on the left. Mad. There was yeah. a little everything he in that face. There. He yeah. didn't want to say. <laughs> and you know what? You know what? Since we went there, let's remember that comment was made by him because I was looking at things he was saying to the media that year, saying he's got a problem with Mike McCarthy. Right. And what have we learned yeah. since then, Chris? Yeah. Well, what have we learned? Yeah. He had a problem with Mike McCarthy. You're listen. It's you know, people can say what you want. You're phenomenal at connecting dots and your pasta and meatballs gut and going with it. And you were all over that and a hundred percent correct. So yeah, that was a, a good call by you. And you're right. That was another instance of, putting together pieces to where we, hey, we, we know how you feel, even though we don't know because you haven't said so. And, and this gets back to, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about it, he doesn't like it when he gets called out on his passive-aggressive comments. He wants to be able to say those things and send those messages, and he doesn't want us yeah. and any of the rest of us in the media to say, you know what he said Here's what he means. Right. Here's who he's saying it to. He doesn't want us to do that. He wants to have it both ways. He wants to be able to throw the dart and not be accused of throwing the dart. It's that simple, Chris. I agree, Mike. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna push back there. You know. You, you know this. This is my guy, and there's a lot that I love about him, and I love sometimes where he is honest and does things like that. But yeah, he can be cryptic. There's no doubt about that, and I'm not gonna deny that. All right, uh, still cryptic when it comes to what's happening with Julio Jones. The window opened yesterday for a trade. The fact that the Falcons have not yet traded Julio Jones tells us they're not happy with whatever offers right. they have gotten. And we still have not heard anything firm. The closest we've heard is the first-round picks on the table, and I was told over the weekend that to get the first-round pick, the Falcons are going to have to give up Julio Jones plus something else, maybe as much as a second-round pick. So it ain't really a first-round pick for Julio Jones. So either way, they're not happy with what's been offered while they've been shopping this guy for six weeks now. Arthur Smith, coach of the Atlanta Falcons, was asked yesterday about Julio Jones and specifically whether he'll be at mandatory minicamp. Here's the question and the answer from the first-year coach of the Falcons. We have conversations all the time with all our players. Uh, there's good communication going back and forth through multiple uh, avenues. So we'll see what happens next week and where we're at, you know. So I can answer that for you next week. Obviously, the question was not there, and that was on me. I misread the throw. Kid I can't even read. Kid can't even read. I can't read. even read. <laughs> I can't. I looked down at it, and I thought it said starts with question, <laughs> and it did not. Regardless, Arthur Smith has been great at deflecting any and all questions yes. about Julio Jones. Any and all. He's like, he's like a goalie in, in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals, and he's, he's in his groove, and he's ready to go hoist the cup. He has been impenetrable. And the Falcons, for the most part, 
have done a very good job. But for Shannon Sharp's cold call that created a hot mess for him in FS1 yeah, to Julio right. Jones, we'd even have no idea that this was in any way, shape, or form about Julio Jones wanting out. But we know he wants out. He ain't going to be a mandatory man. Are you kidding me? I'm out of there. What what part? Hey, hey, reporters who asked about Julio Jones, what part of I'm out of there don't you understand? <laughs> yeah, he isn't right. going to be a mandatory minicamp. Right. Nor do they want him to be. What, they don't want him to go there and blow a hamstring or a, pull a quad muscle, and then they can't trade him at all. So they don't want him. I, I, that, you know, from that, they don't want him at m- mandatory minicamp. And it doesn't sound like they really I, want him either. Go ahead. What? No, no, no. Next level. If yeah. you're Julio Jones, show up. You want to you want to get a trade done? Show up at mandatory minicamp. It reminds me of what happened when the Titans were done with Steve McNair. Yeah, they were ready to turn sure. the page to Vince Young. Right, they locked him out of the facility. Right. There was a big grievance. There was a big fight, and he ultimately was traded to the Ravens. But the Titans wanted to say no, you're not welcome because they didn't want him to get injured. Get and right. He had like an eleven million dollar cap figure, which was a big deal at the time. They they didn't want that. So. If Julio Jones really wants to push this, and I don't think he's wired to do that. He handles his business privately and discreetly. If he really wants to push it, show up. Hey, here I am. Deal with me. And yeah, if I get injured, you owe me $15.3 million this year. You better trade me. Yeah, you better no, take what you can get and move on. It can put pressure. Even if he gets into that situation, they'd probably just they, they'd limit his reps. You know, he, they'd probably or tell him not to practice. I don't know what they would do. You know, they'd have to have a sit-down talk with him and be like, hey, listen, we're trying to trade you. We don't want you to come out here and do this. All right. So, hey, great. It's great you're here. We're doing our best. We'll see. So it does put pressure on the situation, but I don't think it's going to, like, make the Falcons fold. You know what I mean? That way. But Well, it, it quickly becomes a union issue. It does. They That's what it be. To, right. to not let him have full and complete access to mandatory minicamp to get ready for the season. It, it, it can get messy quickly. I don't think he wants it. I know they don't want it. But yeah. you know what? I mean, think about it from his perspective. When do I get my new team? I want my new team. Falcons, you're not being reasonable. I mean, Julio, through his agent, Jimmy Sexton, surely knows what's been offered. Oh, sure. There's a chance that behind the curtain they're saying, take the offer, take the offer, take the offer. Send me to Tennessee. Let's go. Let's get this done. I'm not saying there's an offer from Tennessee. I'm just saying he, he knows what's out there. Yeah. Uh, take it. Quit being so stubborn. I want to move on. Right. Jimmy Sexton knows everybody. He's been around for a long time. I'm sure they have a really good gauge of the market and everything like that. I, I don't know. As we sit here and we get closer and closer to the end of OTAs, mini camps, and now the break, I feel like um, we're not. it's not going to happen right now. Uh, I, I, that's just the way I feel about it now. I feel like it's going to be one of those training camp things a little bit because of what we said. They're going to be like, wait, we don't really want him here and get hurt. So he's here at training camp and, you know, maybe they can maximize what they get too. with the old adage of like, we've, we've talked about this in the past. A team gets into training camp. Hey, of course an injury can happen. But you get through – sometimes teams get through the first week or two of training camp and get through the preseason game, and they, they look at their roster and they go, we, we need another receiver. We just – we have one guy, and that's it, and we need more. Like, we're, so we're, we, we got to do something here. we got a good team. This is a real piece we're missing. And maybe that's how Atlanta can maximize their leverage by just waiting it out to see if one of those type of teams kind of comes – you know, comes uh, comes about once training camp starts to and preseason games get here. And, you know, Chris, before the Shannon Sharp phone call and the I'm out of there response, we had presented one scenario where the Falcons have to move forward and trade him during training camp, during the season, 
as teams start to realize right. where they are in the Super Bowl hierarchy, exactly. maybe somebody would offer more when you consider that Mohamed Sanu yielded a second-round pick and Emmanuel Sanders a third-round pick during the 2019 season to the Patriots and, and 49ers, respectively. Maybe this will be the first time that a team says to a guy, you just stay home. You stay home. Could be. We're going we're gonna to let this play out. Right. Training camp, preseason, regular season. You stay in shape. You keep posting on Instagram that you're in shape so everyone knows you're in shape. And, and maybe they trade him from whatever designation they find to put him in. And, and, and then they don't have to worry about him getting injured. He doesn't have to come back. He doesn't want to come back. But they hold on to that asset until a team gets into October and says, yeah. we got to have Julio Jones. Right. Let's increase the price and let's make it happen. That's, that's now on the radar screen. I think so. That's, that's the benefit of talking this stuff out. Yeah. I don't know if I ever would have thought of that if we weren't kind of working through these angles. But, but I, I think him. We're getting to that. Given, sure. Getting permission to not show up. I think that, that that may be the only thing the Falcons can do if they truly want to maximize it. And the question is, do they want that distraction every day, every week, every practice, every whatever? And if they do, if it's more important to them to get what they want, that's a way to do it. That's right. You know, they just have to be you know honest about the situation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've we got to answer questions, but this is the deal. We've told Julio this. You know, our marriage has come to an end. We love him. He's a legend. He's one of the best players in the history of the organization. He wants out. It's probably best for us right now. So we're trying to make a deal and make it happen. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think we're getting closer to that too, Mike. That's, I mean, we're here at, you know, the, the mini camps and all of that to where uh, be patient, Atlanta, now at this point. And, you know, I want to ask you this. I mean, do you think like the public pressure of that Sanu? trade in the second round pick is affecting the Falcons at all it's just as far as yes. like yeah you do right I mean me too Arthur Blank is determined to at least get a second round yeah pick. I agree determined I, yeah determined and and even then they're having a hard time accepting a two I know they are right they got a two for Mohamed Sanu and Chris they gave up a two for Hayden Hurst yeah right. that's the other side of this it doesn't get discussed yeah, now forgot. they gave up a two and a five and got Hurst and a four it's basically a two yeah that's the other reason they can't wrap their arms around this. This is a tight end. They didn't even pick up his fifth-year option. No. And they gave up a second-round pick for this guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like that is definitely playing, you know, or a factor at least playing in this situation. There's no doubt. I mean, you look on social media, you know, and again, not that those people are knowledgeable, but that's the chatter. They, oh, if they got Sanu for a second round, they should at least get a first round for Julio Jones. I think they got to be a little worried about kind of being eviscerated publicly in their own city with how this the optics of this situation look. So uh, they're my, the, the best leverage I think they have at this point right now is to wait it out a little bit. I think like, you, like we've talked about, we flushed it out. Training camp, maybe you get a team desperate there. If not, yep, wait for that trade, the trade deadline. See what teams are in the Super Bowl window. They're going, wait, we're, we're good. You know, we're we're six or five and two and we got a chance to be in the Super Bowl. We're missing one key piece. Let's go all in. And that's maybe where they can get their first round pick and, and, and get what they want. They have yet to do, as far as I've seen, any type of PR effort working on reporters to get them to spread this news that, hey, it's different with Julio Jones. Yeah. He's older. He's got $15.3 million fully guaranteed this year. He's going to possibly want a new contract when he goes to a new team. It's not as simple and straightforward. Oh, and it's preseason. 
pre-preseason. It's not when a team feels like, hey, let's go roll the dice and go all in. Yeah. We think we can get right. to a Super Bowl. There's a lot of factors out there that I don't feel like they're pushing. The one thing that I've noticed is you've you've seen multiple reporters say, I think they'll take a second-round pick for him. And I feel like that's coming from the Falcons with the don't report this, just present it as your own idea caveat. But even then, they either haven't gotten a second-round pick, a firm second-round pick where the new team pays the full $15.3 million. They, they did before the draft. They haven't gotten it since. Or they've yet to still come to terms with the idea of taking a second-round pick. At the end of the day, this is a bus that is being driven by Arthur Blank. He's the one who's got his finger on the button as to whether or not they're going to accept the trade offers. And you may have some people in the organization saying, let's just move on from this. Blank doesn't want to move on until, at a minimum, he gets that second-round pick. And either he hasn't gotten it or he's still holding out for that first rounder. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it seems that way. We'll see where it's going. I mean, it's crazy. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Julio Jones. I mean, we're talking about two guys here in the first segment of the show who don't want to be with their team, their first ballot Hall of Famers. And uh, it's a crazy situation. It's going to be fun to watch. It really is because I don't think there's any, you know, definitive writing on the wall here to where either situation is going to go. And, I mean, Julio, we know he's – I mean, I feel like definitely going to get traded. I just don't know when or, you know, for what and when exactly it does happen and goes down, and that's where it's a little delicate, this whole situation. And, and this idea of putting him on ice and waiting – that, that really may end up being the winner here if they are determined to get more than what they currently can get. All right, speaking of first ballot Hall of Famers, Andy Dalton. Oh, wait. <laughs> You're funny Says guy. his mindset hasn't <laughs> changed despite the Bears drafting Justin Fields. Should it? We'll discuss that next here on this Thursday edition of PFT Live. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. How much has changed since March the 24th? QB1, Andy Dalton, QB1. They have a new QB who wears number one in Justin Fields. Here's Andy Dalton talking about his mindset after he learned that the Bears had traded up nine spots in the first round to select the Ohio State quarterback. 
I knew the situation I was going into regardless if they drafted somebody or they didn't. I was on a one-year deal and I was going to be the starter. So my mindset didn't have to change. I already knew that I'm going to do everything I can to be the best player I can for this team and to help us win a lot of football games. And that's been my goal from the very beginning. And so uh, whatever happens after this year happens, but um, my mindset didn't change just because they drafted Justin. Yeah, look, what else is he going to say? What else is he going to say? Yeah. And he'll, he'll get a chance. He'll get a chance, presumably. Mike Glennon got four games in 2017 before they went with Mitchell Trubisky. And if Andy Dalton comes out and plays well, maybe they do decide to keep Justin Fields on the bench. And I keep coming back to that nagging sense I have. Matt Nagy's experience, 2017, with the Chiefs. Yeah. put Patrick Mahomes on ice for the whole year. Different from the standpoint of right. Andy Dalton's equity with the Bears, none. And Alex Smith's with the Chiefs, right. plenty. But... But Nagy saw that work, and only he knows what went on. Well, others with the Chiefs do, but yeah. he's the only one with the Bears who knows what went on behind the curtain to get Patrick Mahomes ready. He may have a plan, a 100-point plan. Here's how you get your first-round quarterback ready so he can come out and set the league on fire in his second season, Chris. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with your thought. I, I would certainly think that, you know, that thought's percolating in his brain and everybody in the, the Bears organization. But I also think, like, um, it is a different situation, like you explained. You know, the Chiefs were good, a playoff team. Alex Smith was kind of looked at like a franchise-ish type quarterback still, where we know what Andy Dalton is. I think we know what the Bears fans think he is. I mean, they weren't, like, you know, storming the streets and like, yes, we got Andy Dalton QB1, here we go, Super Bowl. No, so there's going to be tremendous – I can already tell just by a few of the you know media obligations I've done in Chicago. There's gonna be tremendous pressure on Justin Fields, as far, or, or on the Bears organization to get Justin Fields on the field. I just think there's a clamoring for that already. There is so uh, there there. This is a different type of scenario, and I think they're gonna be. I think ultimately a little bit more anxious to put Fields out there and see what he can do as compared to that Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs situation. Sometimes the answer is hiding in plain sight. Yeah. When Andy Dalton says, I knew the situation I was going into, regardless of if they drafted somebody or they didn't, I was on a one-year deal and I was going to be the starter. If a promise was made to Andy Dalton to get him to sign and that promise is not honored, that that's a bigger issue for the Bears. Not that promises are broken all the time in pro sports. Yeah. But if Matt Nagy and or Ryan Pace gave their word to Andy Dalton that he's the starter and it meant something more than your QB1 for March, April, May, June, and that part of July when we don't have training camp, then after that all bets are off. You got to sing for your supper. You got to earn your spot. If a promise was made that he's the starter to start the season. Yeah. Then he is. He is. Sunday night football. Right. Andy Dalton and the Bears take on Matthew Stafford and the Rams, period. Yeah. So, and now, now by week two, who that knows? That doesn't mean, right. But, we started you week right. one. Yeah, exactly right. But he's the starter. If they, they that, that confidence from Dalton, who's been around for a decade, speaks to me that a promise was made to him. Will the promise be honored? That's really the question, if that promise was made. And, and when we look at his words, that implies to me that they told him, you're the starter, week one yeah I, I I feel the same way Mike I don't think it was like hey we promise you you're gonna be the starter I that that is like 
a rare thing to hear from any coach on anything. But well, not wire to wire. But, all but yeah, weeks, but I think they probably weeks. said, "Hey, we want you here, and you're going to be our starting quarterback, and let's see where it goes." Now, I mean, he was aware of the situation as he explained and everything like that. So you know, that's yeah. I would bet there was something like that said by the way that Andy Dalton. What is this? The second or third or fourth time we've kind of heard him say this publicly. But that also doesn't mean, yeah, you could start and, hey, like I talked about yesterday or with Justin Fields, third series of the first game, hey, we got a Justin Fields package. We're going to get it going. We're going to see what we got here and see if we can't, you know, create, create some schematical advantages for our football team because this guy has a different skill set altogether. You know, I, I feel like in a lot of ways this might be the, like, out of the quarterbacks drafted in the first round, there's just the most pressure on the quarterback situation because the Bears fans and the, are so thirsty for a franchise quarterback. It's Justin Fields. They've seen what he's done in college football and all those type of things. It's Andy Dalton. And, man, if he has any success in these preseason games, I just think the whole fan base and the whole city is going to be like, what are we waiting for? Let's just go. Let's play him. He looks great. So what if he's not perfect? And that's where I think it could be a lot of pressure on this situation. This is a team that hasn't had a franchise quarterback since Sid Luckman. Jay Cutler was the closest that they came. He had, he had a lot of stats, set a lot of team records, but didn't have a lot of success in the whole get to the playoffs and win games. They got to the NFC Championship in 2010, lost to the Packers. Remember that controversy where, is Cutler really injured? Can, yeah, right. Can he play? Should he have played? But they're clamoring for a franchise quarterback. They're still reeling from trading up to take Mitchell Trubisky instead of standing pat to take Patrick Mahomes. They can't get past that. And they traded up to get yeah, see? the guy who was one of the most polarizing pre-draft figures with the opinions about whether or not he's going to make it. All the ingredients are there right. for there to be a ton of pressure right. and a ton of angst. Remember when we were in Chicago two years ago yeah. for the opener? All the angst, all the dismay, all the concern about Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, they're, they're, so now they're just carrying that around about Justin Fields. What do we have? There's only one way to find out. Let's go see what he has. Let's open that envelope. What do you mean do not open until 2022? I want to open it now. Yeah. I want to see what this guy is. It's going to be hard for them to push that, back. That's, that's, that's how I feel. Exactly right. It's going to be hard to hold it off to go uh, to 2022. And, you know, I think realistically, too, when you look at it, we've talked about the Nagy you know, and Ryan Pace, how much longer do they have? How successful they may have? Like, yeah, it, it, it seems like they at least have two years with making that draft pick and doing that. So, you know, and I look at the Bears and go, well, you're not winning the Super Bowl this year. I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I think they can be highly competitive and a pain in the butt, but I don't look at them as a Super Bowl contender. I don't. And, you know, they, they have Andy Dalton at quarterback. Say what you want to say, but that's the perception there. So, you know, why wouldn't you, you know, okay, yeah, we're 2-2 two and two, or we're 3-2 and two, and Dalton's been good but not great. Why wouldn't you want to get a guy out there who we know is raw in some areas and needs some work, and they know that too, to where let's get it going. Let's get some of these issues fixed. Let's get them better now for 2022. Uh, that, that's where I think with, between all the things you said there and all that, that's where I just think it's a lot different situation that Chiefs won and there's a lot more pressure here. And I just think we're going to see Justin Fields early on in the year, for sure, in some capacity. The situation also presents a challenge for the coaching staff when it comes to divvying up the reps Ooh, that matter yeah. to get Andy Dalton ready, 
to get Justin Fields ready. You still got a Super Bowl MVP lurking at the bottom of the depth chart in Nick Foles. Here's head coach Matt Nagy talking about the plan when it comes to figuring out who's going to get those chances in practice to develop. I've talked to to all three of them. And as we go into these practices, as we go into training camps, knowing how valuable it is for, for Justin to get his reps, you know, and, and then Andy, obviously, uh, to, to get his reps too. Nick and I have talked and he understands that going into this, that Justin's going to get the two reps and then Nick's going to get the, the three reps. And uh, Nick is a true pro and understands it, uh, is still very competitive. And that's why I say like in all these meetings, it's, uh, it's just really special to see how they're trying to help Justin out and, 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 and teach him how to play quarterback and how to, how to um, watch film and study this offense but also Justin helping them too with what he sees. So it's been really good. Yeah. Hey, look, I don't envy the situation that Matt Nagy's in. And I don't know how much of this they sat down and envisioned ahead of time, but they had months to plan. They knew where they were. And I think, you know, part of the cover to move up and get a Justin Fields was go out and sign an Andy Dalton. We said that when the bears signed Dalton and Washington signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, that took the, huge sign off right. of the front lawn that said, get ready for us to draft a quarterback in round one. Washington didn't, but there was talk that maybe yeah, there was try to right. get up into the top 10 to get Trey Lance. Right. And the bears did. And uh, now you got to go forward with it. And you know, the, the good news is you got a guy who could develop into your franchise quarterback. The not so good news is you got to get there first Yeah, how they do it. And that's why I think when, when you're confronted with a problem like this that can be an unenviable one, if you can resort to your own experiences for a situation that worked, that becomes the path. Because yeah, sure. if it blows up, if it blows up and Matt Nagy's facing the tough questions, say, hey, I, we did it in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and it worked. That was my experience. And I, I was not going to do anything different than what was proven to have worked with the Chiefs. So, I don't know, over, under, again, Mike Glennon got four games before they went with Trubisky. I, I don't know. What's what, what's the over, under on starts for Justin Fields in your mind? I, I mean, I, I think it's right this around year. that. Well, I think it's right around that area. I think it's week three or four. I, I, I You know, I, I've talked about this on my podcast a little bit. You know, I, I know I've said it to you and all those type of things, too. It's just... I just have a hard time envisioning them not letting him get in here or there. And I, I think he has a chance to be st like start 10 games, maybe more. I really do. I think eventually that's what, what's going to happen. You know, and, and the fact that he's already number two, they're talking about getting him up to speed and doing those things. Yeah, Nick Foles doesn't need reps. If you have a 12-play, seven-on-seven period, I would bet you Justin Fields and Andy Dalton are going to get about equal reps right now. Let's say it's 12 plays. I bet you Andy Dalton gets the first five, Justin Fields gets the next five, and Nick Foles gets the last two plays of there. Or it's like five, four, and three, something like that. But that's got to be the number one goal. I mean, they went all in on Justin Fields. They went all in. That was a huge move. It's 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 either going to make them or break them, Pace or Matt Nagy. So that's where I just keep coming back to, like, I I I I know what you're saying with the formula and all of those type of things, but I don't think the Bears fans are expecting Super Bowl this year. And I would do something to me where I would favor and let's get them excited for the future. Let's get this guy ready, and let's not have to worry about having the training wheels on him in 2022 
uh, to where now we feel like our team is set up to do something special, and now our quarterback's not ready. I think that's really what the thought has to be all year long for the Chicago Bears. Can we pop the schedule back up? Because I, I think we need to understand how this season could unfold. Uh-huh. Getting to understand how much time Andy Dalton gets. They're going to the Rams right out of the gate with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And, hey, I, I don't know, unless Andy Dalton throws five interceptions, I think he gets a chance to host the team that drafted him 10 years ago, week two, home opener, Cincinnati Bengals. And if you can check that box with a win – then you get a chance to go back to Cleveland, yeah. a place where he's used to playing during his time with Cincinnati. And even if they lose that game, if he's respectable in that game, you got two winnable games. Sure. All due respect to the Lions and the Raiders. You got two winnable games that are on the horizon after that before the season really starts with Packers, Bucks, 49ers, Steelers. Hello. Yeah. So I think he can earn. Yeah. Based upon what he does the first five games. Right. Or doesn't do. Yeah. And then maybe we see fields. But he could, based on the first five games, earn the ability to embark on this stretch where it's either going to be flipped to Justin Fields at the bye week after the Steelers game or stick with Dalton. But Packers, Bucks, 49ers, Steelers, if Dalton can earn the right to be the quarterback going into that quartet of games, I think that goes a long way toward determining whether it's Fields or Dalton out of I the know. bye. Right. I think the then- way the schedule sets up, he's got a chance for the first five. Yeah. A smaller chance for the next four, and then probably we go fields after the bye week based upon that that murderer's road to finish the first half of the schedule. Could could be. I could certainly see that being a scenario. There's no doubt about it. What if they get through those first five weeks like you're talking about and they got a favorable record? Would they think about maybe doing like the Miami Dolphins thing like last year where they just go, wait, I mean, we got to get this guy in here. I mean, uh, to, to maybe, you know, just get him playing. Not not let Andy Dalton just thrive all year long, and then we'd be stuck in a. That's not going to happen. That's a stupid scenario. So I'm not even going to dive down that. But here's another well, well, one. Well, but you know what? Here, here's another yeah. one though. Let me think right. of it. Let me right. tell you that. Let's try, let's test this one out. Yeah. I know we got to go to break, but I want to uh, say one more fun. thing too. Yeah. We're go spitballing ahead. here. Yeah. What, what, what if they flip to Fields? What, what if what if we find out next year at this time from Justin Fields he didn't know the offense very well like Tua said last week and and we we see the relief pitcher concept yeah that's what I we mean we see Justin Fields right. start and if and and uh, you know if it goes haywire in a given game in comes Andy Dalton to mop it up maybe we could see that I, that's where I was I was kind of going with that I, I I was I guess I was a little a different situation but not totally I I guess not really and. Yeah, that's where I was kind of going with it. I, I do think Miami kind of like broke the ice with that. Like, like, hey, this is okay. It's not like taboo or forbidden to do this. So maybe that's a possibility. Here's the last thing before we go to break. I just want to ask you. You talked about the what-if scenarios if it's positive for the first five weeks. What if they lose to the Rams and lose to the Bengals? What if that? Then do you start to go, let's just get them going and let's, let's get the Justin Fields train rolling? I think in his return to Ohio, Justin Fields will be the starter. Yeah. And uh, all those folks from Columbus can buy their tickets for the Bears at Browns game, and they can wear their number one Justin Fields jersey at their own peril at First Energy Stadium <laughs> right. in Cleveland. So, yeah, I think that, that if they start off 0-2 and they lose to the Bengals, especially given where the Bengals are right now. Yeah, Joe Burrow. I, I, think, yeah. I think Justin Fields has a very good chance to be the starter come week yeah. three. All right, let's take a break. When we return, there's been some news coming out of the NFL's concussion settlement, and it's an important concession that the league has made that will result in 
plenty of claims that have already been resolved being reopened and reassessed. We'll tell you about that when PFT Live continues right after this. There are roster changes that were made last year to accommodate the NFL's ability to be flexible during the pandemic. They've yet to decide how much of the 2020 protocols will apply in 2021. They had already made some changes to the roster rules going into 2020 before the pandemic. The pandemic changed everything. And the NFL, it's kind of weird to me that they don't know yet what they're going to do. But I think a lot of it depends upon where the pandemic is when we get closer to late July. And part of it as well, the extent to which the players on the various teams are vaccinated is going to be a factor in how many guys are available at any given time to be called up. No questions asked. Up to 90 minutes before kickoff. An unlimited number of practice squad players up to the full 16. That's the limit, the size of the squad. But you could have had up to 16 guys called up 90 minutes before what, kickoff what, based oh. upon the COVID protocols. Sorry, so. I didn't mean to interrupt there. I just, I no, just, you're fine. What do you think? Like, what, what, I, I kind of liked it the way it was set up last year because of COVID. Like, I, I think they're on to something in, in a lot of ways. Well, I like that you didn't have to, like, sit on IR for a long period of time and, and, and you could put unlimited people. It's the most brutal sport in the world. Like, let's come on. Right. Let's give some guys some flexibility. But, but, but the problem is yeah. guys like Bill Belichick will stash players who aren't injured. That's true. They will. And, and, not, and, and I'm not saying that in a critical yeah, way. Just when, you, when you allow a guy to be placed on IR for three weeks and then brought back, you're going to have coaches who are very aggressive in their interpretation of the rules, and we you're know right. that Belichick is, yeah. who use that when I'm just I'm in a numbers crunch. Uh, so uh, you know what? Your wrist Joe's hurts, injured. right? Doesn't Joe, your wrist Joe's hurt? Joe's injured. Yeah, yeah. Right. Joe's injured, and he's going to go on IR for three weeks, and we're going to see what happens with the, these these other guys. I mean, hell, he had no kickers on his 53-man roster because he knew he could call up a kicker every week for the first few weeks of the season yeah. until we settled on one. Right. So he, he that that's last year they said the hell with it. If guys are going to stash players, that's fine. It's more important that we have the flexibility. For this year, that's the balance. How much flexibility versus how much basis for shenanigans do they want to allow into the roster rules? And I think they're waiting to see to make a final decision based upon where they think the pandemic is and where it will be when September rolls around. So, yeah, I like the flexibility. I want more guys on the practice squad. It's more jobs for these NFL players. Instead of 37 guys being told, see you later, you've got 21 guys who ultimately are gone, 16 who end up on the practice squad, and I think that makes a ton of sense to get through a season that now has an extra game. That's the other side that, of it. That too. would be the you got not, 17 games. That would definitely be one of my points there. Again, it's it's more games, and that's why I, you know maybe it doesn't have to go to what it was last year, but maybe somewhere in between of what it was yes. and what it was last year makes sense. I think you get your best quality football players on the field on a week to week basis. You know, we might not miss out on stars being out of the game as long or for the year or things like that because of that. I think that's better for the game. So those were some of the positives, at least that jump out to me about it. Something to remember, though, more jobs equals more money, and you're going to have some owners who see the balance sheet saying, why are we spending all this money? Why do we have 16 guys on a practice squad? We used to only have six. You're going to have some owners yeah. who, who see the cost and realize that that is chewing directly into the profit margin. And, folks, hey, 
it's still a business at its core. And that's part of the tension. That's part of the push and pull. How much money are the teams going to spend? How much flexibility are they going to have? And how much room will there be for aggressive coaches to manipulate the rules in their advantage to keep healthy players on IR or otherwise stash them wherever they can find a spot to stick them while they figure out how they're going to handle their roster more broadly. The NFL's concussion litigation, the massive class action that ultimately included all retired players, it was settled preliminarily in August of 2013. It took a while for it to become approved. Eventually, the NFL had to agree to remove all limits, all caps. There's no set fund from which benefits are paid. If someone qualifies, they get the benefits. An issue emerged in recent months regarding the process for getting benefits based upon cognitive impairment. A lawsuit was filed several months ago alleging that the entire settlement was tainted by the practice known as race norming. And in a nutshell, here's what it is. Yeah. Because what you're ultimately doing when you show cognitive impairment is showing a reduction in cognitive capacity below some set pre-existing baseline. And the farther you drop below the baseline, the more eligible you are to receive benefits under the settlement. Under the process known as race norming, which was not unique to the NFL. This was something that was part of the broader psychiatric and cognitive evaluation process. Black Americans had a lower baseline. They were presumed to have a lower cognitive capacity regardless of any head trauma. So what that does in this context, it makes it harder to prove impairment because the white players have a higher level. Wherever you are now, you're starting from a lower spot So it's harder to show impairment. If you're starting higher, oh, we got more impairment. If you're starting lower, we got less impairment. And the lawsuit that was filed was dismissed. But to their credit, the NFL has decided to scrap that process altogether and go back and reopen all the claims that were evaluated based upon race norming and redo it with a different standard, a different process, It's going to result in greater benefits being paid to players who either were denied or got less than what they should have gotten. And uh, I I sensed this was coming yesterday when the lawyer who represents all of these retired players came out and said, I was wrong. Yeah. I never should have allowed this. Right. The the NFL within hours after that said, you know what? Let's 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 just start over again. And, And kudos to everyone involved for doing the right thing. Yeah, it's the right thing. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it just was a bad look altogether on a human perspective. And, like, it looked, you know, very convenient that that was the rules set forth there for a league that's 70% or more black as far as the cash part I don't of it. think – I don't think – That was what it was I, about. I'd, I'd like to think that it wasn't deliberate. I know. I'd like know. to think that yeah. the NFL didn't say, hmm. Right. Hmm. I, I think that – I think that that practice is so deeply embedded into our into society, the industry, yeah, right. into, into the into the the folks who are entrusted with making these determinations that it just kind of trickled in and nobody right. spotted it. That yeah. that's 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 what I hope I you're right. Think, yeah. And regardless, regardless, it's gone now. Yeah, good and, for the NFL, uh, and and uh, it's going to work to the benefit of plenty of guys who already. Now the problem is they've already had to wait this long, which is unfortunate. They're going to have to wait even longer. And and that's, you know, the problem with removing the cap. And I was concerned about removing the cap because that created a very real incentive to 
to fight and fight and fight these claims because there's no cap. Right. If there's a cap, hey, you know, we're eventually going to run out of money in this fund, but why are we going to fight these claims tooth and nail? There's been an incentive to fight these claims harder, and there have been stories that have come out over the years that, you know, guys, guys have had a hard time getting what they're entitled to because uh, the, the process, the defense against these claims has been aggressive. But one big element has now it's great. evaporated. Way to go, NFL. They're going to go back, and they're going to look at these claims again. And better late than never, uh, but it would have been better, obviously, if that never had been used in the first place. Let's take a break. When we return, Miles Garrett has retired from offseason basketball. <laughs> We'll explore Kevin Stefanski's change of heart in that regard when PFT Live continues. I wish he would dunk on you one more time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.